Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, theorists. So earlier this week, we got a heap and helping of information about the next year's worth of product releases, including the standard legal products, supplemental products, and Universes Beyond releases. So to help us discuss these announcements, we've brought on a very special guest, Charlotte Sable, friend of the show, and one of the members of the Commander Advisory Group. Welcome back, Charlotte. Always good to be here. It's nice to be here to talk about something other than CAG stuff or judge stuff for a change. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Well, this is uh, a very important uh, announcement. And of course, there's so much to talk about. So we really appreciate your perspective and your help working through all these uh, new sets that we've got coming up. And so I was hoping that we could start with the standard legal sets coming out in 2022. Uh, Then we'll go on to the supplemental products. And then from there, on to the universes beyond. Uh, Okay, so uh, first up, we've got Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. Uh, This is coming out in the first quarter of 2022. And it's the basically the far future of Kamigawa relative to what we've seen in the past. The the feudal era has kind of fallen by the wayside, and we, we're seeing like this Neo Tokyo uh, neon kind of vibe. Um, so let's let's start it off by talking about our expectations, and we're going to be doing this throughout the episode. But we're going to first talk about our expectations, things that we have a a reason to believe. Like there's there's uh you know plenty of evidence to support the idea and then we're going to talk about our hopes which are kind of like our wish list the things that we really would like to see out of each set or not like to see or not like to see very true so charlotte why don't you uh kick us off with your expectations for kamigawa what do you think uh is is reasonable to expect out of this set uh, well, ninjas, obviously, because that's, you know, the main thing that uh, people see when it comes, you know, think when it comes to, you know, Kamigawa and cyberpunk, right? Mm-hmm. And we have like, you know, a ninja looking person in the art here. Um, so yeah, some sort of, you know, cool cyberpunk ninjas. I also think, you know, uh, there's this cool little origami raccoon on the ninja's shoulder. So we're obviously getting some sort of little robot I'm assuming that's a little robot thing as opposed to like it could be a magical construct but who knows mm-hmm. but it's probably not alive is what I'm saying um did you know that there are actually zero artifact creatures in the original Kamigawa block interesting I did not yeah yeah so you think it's gonna change that up for this uh this oh, yeah, return yeah, here yeah okay. and then also I mean you can't really do cyberpunk without having some sort of like augments so I'm assuming there will be a reasonable amount of, you know, equipment flavored as, you know, like bio upgrade stuff. Hopefully without like the grafted, you know, sacrifice me stuff. But yeah, yeah. that's a really neat take. Uh, Personally, I'm expecting to see uh, a high density of legendary creatures. It was definitely a theme in the original Kamigawa block. And it's one of the few themes in that uh, block that has actually been repeated over the years and it seems to be popular and successful we saw it in dominaria we've we've definitely seen a a higher density of legends and a lot of the recent sets um yeah and with the rise of commander obviously you know yeah so that's what makes me really excited for this set i think we're going to see a lot of legends going to be a lot of options for commander players I don't think we'll necessarily have legends matter again like we did before but yeah i actually want to make that point because i think in a lot of ways dominaria was like Kamigawa 
two, like Kamigawa done right, different flavor. But like from a Mel perspective, Melvin perspective, like it was a lot of the things that was trying to make Kamigawa tick, like done correctly and done in a way that like worked and appealed to more people. So um, I don't think this time around we're going to get, yeah, like a lot of the, like you said, the Legends Matters and stuff like that. I think it's going to lean on some other uh, mechanical backbone with just like Kamigawa references thrown in more because they, they've multiple multiple times they've mentioned that like the set sold really poorly and blah 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 so I don't know I'm not expecting it to actually be much like old Kamigawa at all I'm expecting it to be a pretty new thing with references to old Kamigawa yeah mm-hmm. all right uh, I, th- I think those are our expectations what are our hopes what's our, our pie in the sky things we'd really like to see in Kamigawa but we you know, don't have a strong basis for it. I mean, I know they've already pushed, they've already shown there's going to be a little dice bag Kami thing. Um, but I hope that there's like enough, like again, not spirit tribal per se, but it would be, to me, it would be really weird to go back to Kamigawa and not have, you know, a reasonable number of Kami there, right? It's in the freaking name of the set, right? Like, Yeah, I think that's a great point. <laughs> and, and also because uh, this is like the first time We've had an Innistrad set so close to a Kamigawa set. Like Innistrad, of course, is going to have like a little bit of spirit tribal sub theme, and it would make sense to have a bit in Kamigawa, or at least spirits in Kamigawa, to have some like cross set synergy going on. Yeah. Also, I'm hoping that we're not going to see a lot of the sort of Orientalist uh, exoticism that shows up in a lot of cyberpunk and a lot of you know future japan stuff so but they get again they've talked about having like a whole team of cultural uh advisors on this so i'm fingers crossed that they're going in the right direction on that one one thing i want to ask you about i think it's definitely reasonable to to expect or hope that they bring back spirits in some form do you think that they're going to be like quite as abstract or uh, or unfamiliar as the the types of spirits we saw in the original Kamigawa block? Maybe not quite as. I mean, I I really loved that flavor for them, but again, at the same time, in a more urbanized environment, I could see them taking on sort of more concrete sort of forms. Yeah. I think um, I- although doing like the same sort of thing, but with a more sort of urban tech flavor would be really cool right definitely it's going to be tricky for them to walk the line of like having it be you know these are recognizably kamigawa spirits but also i think like i think i remember hearing that people were a little it uh, had trouble connecting to it because like you know those kami concepts where it's just like a bunch of candles floating in the air or whatever you know it's it's like super accurate to japanese mythology but it's also difficult for you know, yeah. people of other cultures to connect. Yeah, to. I would I would think that like, again, t- tapping into sort of the cultural zeitgeist, I would think that the kami we see will maybe be sort of more like yokai sort of things, more mm-hmm. more like concrete sort of like kappa and oni and that sort of thing stuff. Sure. Yeah, that would make sense. Although the onis were different things in Kamigawa, but you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that is a good point. Like you, you kind of mentioned earlier, there is uh, spirits it's in the name and it'll work well with Innistrad um, it'll also I mean this is a little bit of a spoiler but like 
demons are going to work well with another set we're going to talk about (laughs) today. So if there is any Oni tribal, that wouldn't surprise me. And I feel like it would work pretty well with another set. If they do bring back some Oni tribal, I certainly hope they get rid of that whole Onis and Ogres connection. Oh, yeah. That was the original Kamigawa. Because, like, I get it. That's probably, again, true to, you know, Japanese folklore. But, like, no one wants to play Onis and Ogres together. It's like... Yeah, and and like the way they uh, executed on that connection was like... It was like all downside. Yeah, Yeah. it was like, if you have the ogre, you don't get this downside, as opposed to like, you get a cool bonus. Like Like the only one that was a bonus was what, Bloodspeaker? Yeah, that one was sick. That was a great tribal card. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's like one of the few rewards for Demon Tribal. Mm -hmm. It's really good. It's slow, but it's great. Anyway... Oh, yeah, hold on. Let's, we'll try not to step on our own toes too much here. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, my my hope for the set is I kind of hope that I, I think it's totally reasonable to expect that there's going to be ninja in this set. That's one of the you know most popular aspects of the original Kamigawa. I'm kind of hoping they don't use ninjutsu specifically. I kind of hope that they find another mechanic for it because it. I, I don't know. Like personally, ninjutsu it's like really cool when it you know when it happens. But then, you know, you end up with like a creature that doesn't have evasion, but really wants to hit your opponents. And it's hard to make work after that point. Yeah. So I'm I'm hoping that like they find maybe another way that doesn't have this like, you know, it's cool once you get the thing once and then you're just kind of frustrated for the rest of the game. That's kind of been my experience with a lot of these ninjutsu creatures. Yeah. And I mean, if they're doing like a cyberpunk thing, like. Having like ninjas that maybe sort of, you know, can like go through the network or something would be neat if they have some way to do it. I, again, I don't know how much this is going to go into the whole hacking computer yeah. network side of yeah. cyberpunk, like the cyber thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, or if it's going to be more just the aesthetic. Right? That's, yeah, I'm really hoping that we don't get a mechanic that's like just hacking the mainframe you yeah know? you know like that I, would be i hope we cheesy. do get a mechanic that that hacks the mainframe oh. I, i'm on completely on board for that i figure if they're gonna go cyberpunk let's not just have it be like window dressing let's let's go deep into uh into this yeah. like resonant trope okay i feel so i mean i guess to me it's like there are so many people that have kind of gone off that net runner william william gibson uh, Neuromancer, like Black Ice kind of mm-hmm. idea, and so like yeah, just, that's that's sick. Do, that, do I, more. I just feel I, I feel like this is pretty disingenuous. I feel like if they if I wanted Magic to do it, I would want them not to do it in Kamigawa. If that makes sense, I think that's the part where there's a disconnect for me is that not only will there probably be hacking the mainframe, it'll be in this set like two thousand years in the future with no connection. Presumably I'm, to the mechanics before it. I mean, I, sorry, I would, uh, like, again, the thing is, Wizards own, already owns Netrunner, and mm-hmm. it's a beloved game. Like, I know the Android Netrunner stuff was, like, super beloved and stuff. This would be, like, a really good opportunity for them to maybe release, like, a standalone Kamigawa-flavored Netrunner box. Mm-hmm. That is really uh, true. That's that's like, or even point. just like a pair of decks, like even a corporation and a runner deck, you know, is, just as a one-off thing. Like, is is Netrunner currently printed? Is it an active game? 
No, it uh, it's uh, the license reverted back to it. Like it was licensed to Fantasy Flight, but these uh, wizards canceled that a while ago. Maybe in plans for this, I don't know. Okay, yeah, it's tough to say. Like whether they, I think it totally makes sense that they want to make this appealing to a net runner audience. Like you know, yeah. if if they own the license to that. But I'd like to see like the. I mean, if there is some sort of hacking thing, I hope it's flavorful rather than you know, anything to the degree of, like, Netrunner, right? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's really what I'm afraid of, is that the whole set will be, like, there's mainframes, and then there's the runners. Yeah, and Love you, it. Like, I would Injected rather just veins. be, like, I would rather there just be ninjas with ninjutsu with, like, flavored, like, oh, when you yeah. hit a player, yeah. like, you yeah. know, I mean? something like that. I don't know. I don't want them to specifically... I, I don't know. I'm afraid yeah, I'd, of I'd it. I'd just be feeling... much more interested in seeing... Like a Kamigawa Neon Dynasty flavored, you know, Netrunner decks. Like, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. afraid it's going to be cheesy. That's what I'm afraid of. Yeah, uh, I I don't care, man. I I love the adaptation <laughs> of Johnny Mnemonic with Keanu yeah. Reeves. Cheesy cyberpunk is like like cheese is really a, a core tenet of the cyberpunk genre in some cases. I'm guessing that maybe it was just like an easier pitch internally to say like, hey, you know, Netrunner was a pretty popular game we want to appeal to those hardcore netrunner players and so we're basically making like a cyberpunk set with a japanese skin a japanese flavor to it um rather than like we're making a japanese set with a cyberpunk flavor to it because you know of course the last time they did japanese forward it just didn't go well Um, i mean honestly i'm hoping it's more just like future japan than too deep into the hacking stuff but mm-hmm. yeah again we'll see that that's i think one of the things because this is something that i've talked about with like the monster hunter game series is really really popular in japan it's like a really massively popular game series and it is worldwide like people play it worldwide but it hasn't caught on in the same way in the u.s as it has in japan but like when you play the game it's really japanese like they're the character designs and the armor designs are really based around like culturally Japanese things which makes it hard to bridge the gap and I think that was the problem Kamigawa had originally was like these commies are really cool looking and they did a really like pretty good job of like magicifying these like concepts of like kami and and samurai and things like that but that was hard especially at the time with like the internet being what it was and not as much access to like different cultural uh like touchstones as there are now like i think that was just hard for people to get into Mm -hmm. so Mm i i'm worried about them doing that again but like the opposite way like this is japan but the future and these are future japan things (laughs) like yeah that that's what i'm afraid of because i i guess i just want them to like be tasteful my hopes for this set are that it's cyberpunk but it's tasteful and it's like references to kamagawa tastefully and okay. they don't go full ham on yeah. on uh, <laughs> like hacking the mainframe or like like this is an honorable japanese thing to do sure. in the future you know yeah there's definitely some blowback for uh some of the stuff they did with um the storyline in strixhaven that kind of like leaned heavily on yeah. that yeah with killian's yeah story um all right, we are just a, a little over 15 minutes in so far, <laughs> and we've gotten through the first of 10 sets, so 10-ish sets. 
Yeah, well, let's pick yeah. it up a little bit. <laughs> Next, we've got Streets of New Capenna. Um, and this is an urban fantasy set. Uh, it's in a city built by angels, now currently run by three color demon crime families. Uh, we also know that it's somehow this this set, this setting is uh, significant to Elspeth. Not sure how at the moment. This is coming out in quarter two of 2022. Let's talk our expectations just based on the information we've got and the, the key art we've seen so far. So, Charlotte, what are your expectations? Well, I mean, it's basically been all but confirmed that that's Obnixilis in the key art. So, mm-hmm. Ob is apparently heading one of these families, which is good for him. I mean, good to see him moving up in the world. Mm-hmm. He's had a bit of a rough ride over the past few times we've seen him. <laughs> that's pretty <Yeah>. true. <laughs> First of all, I think three color wise, it's going to be shards because we haven't had a shard set since what? Uh, 2009-ish? Yeah, yeah Lara. Lara. That also makes more sense. It also lets you, A, it you know makes it so that there's only one group that doesn't have either of the traditional demon colors of red or black. Mm-hmm. And it has two that have both. So it makes sense that way. I mean, yeah. I'm looking forward to cool demons. I'm looking forward to like uh, how they're going to design demons, you know, in all five colors, including ones that are neither red nor black. Right. Like, yeah, that's a really good point that two colors get red and black <laughs> if they yeah. do shards. Yeah. My other expectation is like, I mean, I love the Art Nouveau sort of gangster looking style. I think they're going to play into some gangster tropes, but I'm hoping it's not going to be too modern of a setting. Like, I hope there's like no guns and no cars and that Mm. sort of stuff. And I think after Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, it would make sense to like scale back on the tech level a bit because like. Kamigawa Neon Dynasty is obviously going to be like the highest tech we've seen in Magic, right? Like, mm-hmm. so it makes sense to sort of reset back to a more typical level. I mean, I feel that New Capenna is probably going to be higher tech than a normal Magic set, like with the exception of like, say, uh, Kaladesh or whatever. But mm-hmm. it hopefully will be, you know, a more reasonable sort of set with just like an Art Nouveau sort of style and flavor to it. Yeah, definitely. Personally, I'm also expecting shards. It's just way too soon for another wedge set. You know, it wasn't that long ago that we were on Tarkir, and certainly it was very recently that we were on uh, Ikoria. So mm-hmm. shards makes the most sense. I think that's probably the direction they're going to go. I'm also really curious how they're going to execute on Bant demons. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but I will see where they go with that. Yeah. Um, I- I'm expecting that if you know we're having five families of demons there's got to be some demon tribal we've talked a bit on the show before just like how it's a little unusual that you know there there's been so much focus in the past on angel tribal and on a lot of dragon tribal um but we really haven't seen much demon tribal so it'd be cool if if this is the the set where we finally got some elements of that Uh, i'm biased as someone with a demon tribal deck but yes (laughs) yes please give it give it all to me yeah, I think that would be fantastic. And of course, like this is another set that has a little bit of synergy with the Innistrad sets that we're getting in the fall yeah. and winter of this year. Um, there's always been a couple demons in each Innistrad set. So that's something that could feed into what's going on on New Capenna. Yeah. yeah. And I'm and, assuming the demons will have like devil servitors and stuff as well, unless they just do smaller demons. But either way, it'll work out. Yeah, this is the set to listeners that I was alluding to, where if there is demon tribal on Kamigawa in Neon Dynasty, then it might 
also align with the streets of New Capenna demons mm-hmm. that we see. Um, I'm I'm really expecting from this basically like let's make a deal type stuff or like mechanics that are like uh, pick one or this like mm, basically like choices kind of like we saw in D and D but just flavored differently. You know, like instead of the flavor text words from D and D, it'll it'll be like. Um, like flavor words for like a deal that you're going to make with one of these demons or families or something. I I think, I think it would make a lot of sense to see that kind of thing. If any time there's five, I feel like any set going forward where we see five factions, we're probably going to see five commander decks for that set. And Mm -hmm. I think that that like whole flavor of making deals and like, I'm going to make you an offer. I can't refuse or you can't refuse. uh, That's, that's so perfect for, um, like mul- well for demons and also for like multiplayer yeah. gameplay so like new tempting I- offer cards exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> I-, I can s- imagine that we're going to see like maybe a bit more than usual of that political kind of stuff in the commander uh products yeah. coming out with new capenna yeah i mean we don't know the commander release schedule at this point but uh I- i'm pretty sure this is going to be one of the sets that gets commander decks mm-hmm it's also about the right time of the year, so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, what do you all hope for? Uh, what do, What do you really want to get out of this Nuka Penna set? That we're you know we don't have a lot to support the idea at this point. Assuming it is shards versus wedges, I want to see some sort of trilands, either triomes. I don't know if they'll necessarily have cycling. That doesn't feel like it would make sense flavorfully for the world, but I mean, cycling is pretty flavor devoid in general. Yeah. Um, but like some sort of three typed land that, you know, can enter tapped or whatever, but like some sort of fetchable three type land in the three colors would make sense to complement the triumphs for commander. Yeah. I think that would be awesome. Uh, you know, that the triumphs have seen a ton of adoption in commander, um, they're they're just an amazing tool for not only for the three color identities or the, rather the wedge identities, but also for you know four and five color decks. It's just a relatively easy way to fix a whole bunch of colors of mana. So more yeah. more triome or or similar cards would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, personally, like when when they say urban fantasy, my ears perk up because my favorite uh, book series is the Dresden Files. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know how familiar. Again, it's hard for me to judge, like with books, how popular they are. Yeah, I mean, I both of us are pretty familiar with it. I'm assuming. But yeah. yeah, I think I've read the first uh, maybe dozen novels. So yeah, I, yeah. Pretty but anyway, it's, it. it's it's. I, I would say it's probably safe to say that that's the preeminent urban fantasy series. Yeah, yeah. yeah right? I agree with that. Statement. So I mean, having a Dresden Files secret layer, even if it's just reskins or original designs, like Universes Beyond stuff, either would like be amazing for me. Like stick it in my veins right now <laughs> you know like that's probably pie in the sky because i don't think it has enough appeal but i mean again that's sort of what secret layers are for right like mm-hmm. yeah that is exactly what i would hope they're for <laughs> yeah yeah so that's my pie in the sky i mean i think more demon tribal is more realistic idea yeah. some really really cool sort of 
some really all in like Art Nouveau showcase cards would be hot. Like, mm-hmm. uh, oh, which proxy mm-hmm. artist is it that does the really cool Art Nouveau uh, style ones? No, uh, it's not Sheepwave. Okay. Um, oh, Art Deco. Sorry, not Art Nouveau. No. Everything I said about Art Nouveau is Art Deco. Art Nouveau is a very different style. Compi 87 apparently is the one that do yeah. them. One hope I have is this is a, you know, selfish, not super grounded in reality. Um, <laughs> But I would love to see uh, a bunch of rogues in this set. It's all about organized crime. Yes. You'd expect maybe to see some rogues. And of course, there is some like lingering synergy from the party mechanic in, in Zendikar Rising, which is still going to be in the same mm-hmm. standard environment. So that would be something I would love to see. I think that would be cool. Any other hopes or are you all ready to move on to the next set? This would also probably be a good place for like Assassin Tribal if they're ever going to do that. No. Oh. That'd be mm-hmm. cool. That's true. Yeah. I mean, organized crime has a lot of hits, right? So mm. <laughs> it's true. That is that is definitely true. Anyway, I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants for this one. I like it came so out of left field, honestly. Like, yeah. That I, I mean, I, yeah, this was the one I was expecting the least, but hey, yes, please, you know, Art Deco mm-hmm. all the way forever and a half. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I just if they do it well, it will be good. And the limited on the last like dozen sets have been very fun so i'm, I'm pretty sure yeah. that at bare minimum that'll be fun you know at this mm-hmm, point yeah. they got that formula down so mm-hmm. the next one is the one i think we're well i think the next two actual sets standard legal sets are we're both we're all <laughs> pretty excited about i don't know all yeah. right I'll, I'll i'll call it out it is uh coming in q3 of 2022 it is dominaria united um and honestly, the announcement of this didn't have a lot of concrete details. Yeah. It really, it just said like Dominaire United is the perfect place to kick off our 30th anniversary celebration. Um, but, and of course they, they mentioned like the fact that so much of Magic's history has taken place on Dominaria, but really, really light on details here. So, uh, I, I mean, what do you all think is likely to happen? What do you think is... Uh, reasonable to expect from this return to Dominaria? Um, I think, obviously, it's Dominaria, so I think we're going to have a few more nostalgia callbacks like we did in the original Dominaria set, not nearly as many. Um, a lot of legends. I don't mm-hmm. know that we'll see historic, necessarily, because I don't think there's that many more sagas they could do, really. There's probably some, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have too many other expectations since you know they haven't really said that much in dominaria is so huge so yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. that is very true yeah uh i only have like one thing i'm very certain about because you know as you said you know it's hard to peg down what dominaria could be because it it has been so many things in the past they've got like dozens of potential returning mechanics uh, so it's hard to say like where they're going to go with it mechanically. It seemed like most of the mechanics were pretty popular coming out of Dominaria. The only one that uh, has been called out as unpopular was uh, Legendary Sorceries. So certainly not going to see any more of that. But yeah, honestly, mechanically, it could go anywhere. The one thing I am dead certain about, uh, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll stake my reputation on it. I think the, the word united was chosen carefully in this title. And they've been setting it up for so long, and we've mentioned it a lot here on the show, but 
like Zalfir, it's got to phase back in. They're they're mm-hmm. definitely bringing Zalfir back in. Like Dominaria will not be united unless it is whole with like this cool, like technologically advanced African society back where it belongs. So mm-hmm. that's that's what I really think is going to happen here. I think so too. I think what's going to happen here is like we've been seeing slow and subtle callbacks towards Phyrexia. Um, at I know it wasn't a major thing within the community, but in the story for Dominaria, like Karn was looking for the Golgoth and Silex, which mm-hmm. caused the explosion in the Brothers War, to go and basically just destroy Phyrexia with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think another reason, like for Zalfir phases back in, I think is a really good thing for Dominaria United, but also like. Well, who like Dominaria is united against what? Well, those guys like came and just messed our stuff up before. Let's go unite to make sure they don't ever come back again. As in, we're going to go fight Phyrexians for good. We're all united in the front against that. Because, again, I, I have to be kind of vague before we talk about the next set. I think what they're doing with next year is leading up to a, a fairly large conflict with Phyrexia. And I think that we're going to see the seeds of that in Dominaria United, where yeah. a lot of the characters and a lot of the story centered around Phyrexia itself. So that's that's kind of my expectations is like not necessarily mechanical. I, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, was it one of the drive to works where Mark Rosewater talked about batching? Uh. Um it was probably it was probably I, one of the more recent I, ones because I really loved batching. I was wondering why they didn't do it, and apparently, like people didn't like it. But oh, I was really? really hoping for more, like historic, because batching solves a lot of problems. I, I, yeah, we were when it, the set came out, we were like super excited about batching, and it's yeah. <laughs> it's unfortunate to hear that it didn't really catch on because so, yeah, as you mentioned, like uh, it, it's certainly a great way to like consolidate there's so many things that are mechanically similar and have been like grouped together um you know just in practice like for example yeah. sea monsters so oh, damn I, I yeah i mean sorry to hear that we're not going to get to get more of that yeah i mean i so i'm i'm guessing that if something comes back like historic maybe will come back because it's a way to care about legends and artifacts and things like that but i I would think that it would only come back in something like dominary united based on and and a listener can fact check me on this because this was um over the doozy of a week that i just <laughs> had and i was listening to a kind of binging the last like few weeks of uh, drive to work because i i was kind of behind on it but one of the episodes i'm, I'm pretty sure he talked about batching as a mechanic um mm. and uh so i'm not sure i i basically the whole point of me bringing that up right now is that i think if we're going to get batching back, it's going to be like a Dominarian thing. It's going to be like historic is back in Dominaria, like cast your legends, do your thing. It'll be fun and cool and good. Um, And it's something that we would be able to expect from Dominaria as opposed to like batching as a wider mechanic that they could use in multiple sets. Mm -hmm. All right. uh, Moving on to hopes. Uh, What are you all hoping to see out of Dominaria? What what is your, um, unfounded desires for the set um reprint the allied painlands mm. they haven't had a meaningful reprint since 2007 in 10th edition mm-hmm. um carpluzen forest and underground river got reprinted in commander 2016 
Oh, I know, but Brushland, it's it's Brushland, yeah, yeah, Brushland and a Darkar Wastes and Sulphur Springs. Like, it, yeah. Um, and then like two of the five have names that are tied to uh locations on Dominaria. Well yeah, in Tercier specifically, like in the Ice Age area. But mm-hmm. um so this is really the only place you can reprint them outside of a flavor and f- outside of a, like a setting free set. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Um, and again, they really need a reprint. They've reprinted the enemy painland so many times. Oh like, yeah. Into the ground. So many. So these need to be reprinted. I also think it would be um, a cool thing to like do like showcase like old border reprints of like the original ice age art. Mm. Oh, actually, like, I mean, yeah, specifically, cool. like, I'm thinking of the Demon Hot Tub Sulphur Springs because, like, that thing's awesome. Oh, yeah, the Foglio Hot Tub. <laughs> but, like, the original Brushland with the pumpkin is pretty cool. The Dark Waste mm-hmm. with the guy on the plane is cool. The underground, original Underground River and Carpoozin forest arts are very striking just because they're very mm-hmm. sort of illustrative looking. Right? Yeah, I would agree with that. There's a lot of those lands at the time. We actually, in a recent episode, I mentioned Bad River, um, which is not yeah. an area, which is it was Mirage, but. Like the, yeah. they just were a lot more lax on the guidelines about lands in that era. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, to be fair, Mirage is set on Dominaria, just like a that, that specific is, yeah. part of <laughs> that is yeah. true. Um, yeah. But like, again, and moving on from that, again, there's so much history in Dominaria. Like, Dominaria was before they started doing collector boosters and booster fun and all of that, right? That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for i mean this might for like say a mystery booster or time spiral style reprint sheet of like Mm -hmm. old border cards that haven't had a meaningful reprint that would be cool and are in flavor for the world and that people would want to see you know you could do those like one per pack sort of thing yeah that would be super cool in my opinion you know yeah I think that people have responded really well to the old border stuff that came out in Time yeah. Tower Remastered and oh, yeah. in um, Modern Horizons 2. So yeah. I think and then this to the uh, mystical archive stuff as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. That's a really good idea. Like this is perfect place for old border showcase type reprints. My hopes for the set. I, I kind of hope we get more sagas. I think there are more stories to tell especially yes. like if they if they cut it up a little bit more like yeah there's the Marari conjecture but that doesn't cover like all the elements of the like Legacy. say yeah yeah exactly um so i think there's other story beats they can hit on and especially like because of the next set we're going to talk about i think it maybe <laughs> makes sense to uh to highlight some very key events in early Magic's history on sagas and Dominaria, and then explore them in more detail in the next set. Uh, does it? Does anyone have any more hopes, or, or can we segue into that do, one from here? I want to say one little thing, because I, I know this is maybe coming out of left field. I want to see in some form like that coalition symbol show up again. Like if the Dominaria... Yeah, if Dominaria is united, I want that goofy little insignia to pop up yeah and i want i want there to be like some multicolor aspect like this is super selfish hope of me because my first set i started like actively playing magic in was invasion Mm -hmm. um and but like that would be pretty fun for me as a player to like 
see some of that multicolor stuff going on, see the coalition, like a new coalition form, like that would be something I'm, I would be excited about. Definitely. Moving on to the last set in the fourth quarter of 2022, uh, it is The Brothers War. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is actually going back in time. It's leaving the, the current storyline, going back all the way to the story that, that took place, well, I guess not even during Antiquities, the, the story that was yeah. unearthed during Antiquities um, about the battle between Urza and Mishra uh, at the, the very beginning of um, a lot of Magic's storyline. So it's it's they, they said that it's um, through the lens of Dominaria's locations, characters, and victims of the conflict. Um, it's going to see a plane-spanning conflict escalate with artifacts, giant mechs, and beyond. And uh, one additional piece of info that came out during the announcement stream was uh, that they were looking at underrepresented races uh, from that era of magic. So it could be interesting uh, creature typing that we see maybe some some fans of some of the weirder types from magic's early history uh, will get some love. Mm-hmm. But let's let's go into expectations. I think this is a uh, this is probably. Uh, the the set that is the most laden with expectations because we've been hearing about this conflict <laughs> for literal decades. What do you all think is is almost certain to be in this set? Uh, Phyrexian Dogmoth. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big swing. All right. I like mm-hmm. it. I mean, original father of machines. We've seen his human form, but we haven't seen him as, you know, the actual father of machines Phyrexian. Mm-hmm. Big and it's time appropriate and you know if this is the set that's sort of kicking off like if if Dominaria United is the setup and this is the you know the real kickoff to the new Phyrexian invasion even whichever way it goes mm-hmm. we need to see it we need to see a Yogmo, a Phyrexian Yogmoth right like mm-hmm. we yeah. want the big pink bubblegum daddy we yes. want him exactly, exactly. evil bubblegum bad guy we want him. Show me him. <laughs> and as for uh, cre- underrepresented creature types, Thran. We've never really seen Thran creatures, and they were around for mm-hmm. this. And we've seen Meta Thran, but those aren't the same. So yeah. Thran, Thran, Thran. Give us more Thran. That would be yeah. super cool. Well, um, also, somehow they're going to have to do pre-mending walkers, which will be interesting to see. They, they have managed to do that in the past and the i think that the idea the way they flavored it with things like sarah the benevolent or uh teferi temporal archmage is just like yeah they're they're ultra powerful but they they're only so loyal to you so they'll give you a, a fraction Taste. of their power yeah exactly yeah. so those are my expectations i mean in addition to a plethora of creatures but nick has a big list so oh, yeah <laughs> yeah if you don't mind me diving into my list yeah, here go for it uh, you know, so many times, I'm sure that Gix, uh, is, is probably, is, is probably the most requested, uh, character from Magic's early history to get a card that still hasn't been, uh, still hasn't come out despite so many opportunities over the last couple of years, you know, between Modern Horizons 1, between Commander Legends, between Modern Horizons 2, there's just been so many places to get this off-requested ca- character into a magic set the the only reason i can think of why they would withhold gix from so many sets in which he could have easily fit is because they they had another set on the horizon in which he was the best possible fit and gix is like a huge 
uh, important character in this uh, in this Brothers War storyline. I'm certain he's he's going to get a card here. Similarly, Mishra, you know, did get a card back in the day in um, Time Spiral Block, but unfortunately, that one didn't have a, didn't really work in Commander. You can kind of make it work with like if you get a Possibility Storm out or. or uh, a copy you can of Nether Void. Yeah, yeah, you can do some weird stuff, but. but yeah, but in general, it doesn't really work, and so uh, I'm I'm sure that they are going to take this opportunity to do a Mishra that like can be an effective commander that does cool things that that work in the commander format. Um, you want a Mishra on the scale of Urza Lord High Artificer sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. You want a character that you believe like could go toe to toe with Urza. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Another one, uh, another deep story cut, Ashnod, another important character from that storyline that just has never seen something. And it's, uh, you know, it's, we, we know for a fact, I think that Gavin Verhey has mentioned that she's frequently requested. So she's got to make it in there. She's just got to. Uh, okay, a couple more things, because again, a lot of expectations for this set. Um, they, they mentioned specifically in this announcement, like there's going to be giant mechs, so... I, this has got to be a set with a lot of vehicles. It makes perfect sense here. Also, I think that this is—I think that this is the set with a high enough volume of Phyrexians that prompted the creature type change in Caldheim, and of course later on the the Errata that came in Modern Horizons two. In Antiquities, in, in the original set, uh, three out of four black creatures in the set were Phyrexians, and now currently have the Phyrexian type. I think and like the Phyrexians were kind of like the the silent partner in like Mishra's side of the war. I think we're going to see a ton of Phyrexians and mm-hmm. I'm really excited for that. It's just to, to build off what you said, Charlotte, like pre-mending walkers. Yes, I think this is finally the set where we get an Urza planeswalker. If you we know, do, this... I hope we get a Mishra planeswalker as well. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. Mishra never sparked, did he? No, not, was not the main no, 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 I'm pretty sure. Well, I mean, so I, I re- the Brothers Wars are like some of the only magic books that I actually like actively liked mm-hmm. <laughs> or the, the only one of the magic books that I actually like. Oh, no. It he, also, OK. He did yeah, not but, become a planeswalker. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and I mean, throughout the whole fight, the whole conflict, Urza wasn't a planeswalker either. It wasn't until like the very, very end. I think it like he activated the Silex and I think that's what did it. That's yeah, like, maybe. Yeah, yeah. His spark basically like saved his life. He like uh-huh. gave up his spark to save his life, and then the weeks, the meek stone and might stone became his like new spark. So he had like a fake spark. That's why Karn is a planeswalker now because he hmm. basically gave Karn his his quote spark, which is weird. But whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then speaking of the Golgothian Silex. I think that they are going to do a, a redo of the Golgothian Silex. I think they're going to make a new card for it. They'll just like rename it slightly like the Golgothian Silex or, or something. Um, yeah, or Silex of Golgothia. Or perfect. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, because like, you know, it was mentioned in this Dominaria storyline with Karn digging it out of the ground. I'm going to use this to blow up New Phyrexia. So it would be like, because it's, likely to become relevant to the story again in the near future and it's it's of course a key item in this storyline in the brothers war storyline i think we're going to get a new version that just you know make maybe actually does something uh in the majority of games of magic um so i think those are all my expectations zach what what are your expectations what do you think we're going to get in this set 
kind of things that you both hit on. I think that we're going to get some legendary creatures we haven't seen before. And the only one I'm going to specifically call out that we haven't gotten is Tokasia, which was uh, Urza and Mishra's like Argivian teacher. Uh-huh. Like they basically when they were kids, they both were like apprenticed to her. And she was just this like elderly archaeologist who taught them about like the Thran or like what they've discovered of the Thran and was also they they were in Koilos, so the caves of Koilos was where they discovered the Might Stone and the Weak Stone that kind of started the whole thing going. So I'm I'm expecting a Tokasia, I'm expecting some like Koilos references, some like portal references, some Phyrexians, so a lot of things that you've already mentioned. Um ooh, ooh, ooh. That also goes in Hall of Tagsen, which is where they found the Meek Stone and Might Stone. That that mm-hmm. should be like a legendary land or something. Exactly, yeah. So the other thing is kind of that Charlotte mentioned earlier is like some Thran stuff because they discovered a lot of Thran stuff. Like the Suchi, which was uh, like a funny artifact creature back in the day, were like the like workers in the cave where they find the two stones. So huh. I'm expecting more yeah. stuff like that just like references to thran references to old things and mm-hmm. specifically i'm expecting them to set up uh like this is why forex is really bad mm-hmm. <laughs> um so i think with that i don't know if anyone has any specific hopes that they're looking forward to um, i think it's about time that mishra's became a subtype just like urza's is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't That'd know if it'll awesome. necessarily be a land subtype but like if it's the brothers war they should be on equal footing and misha should get his own subtype <laughs> yeah definitely um yeah, that's cool yeah i pers- uh kind of riffing off that i would love to see another card with the type line land urzas uh it's it is just like a funny little part of the rules that that yeah. uh this happens to be a land type so I, this would be the perfect set for another thing in that vein yeah, but like Urza's has five lands, you know, give give Mishra one or two. <laughs> Although I guess if they did it, they'd probably put it on Mishra's workshop and Mishra's factory. But Yeah, I was going to say Mishra's, even though uh, there's no Mishra's subtype, Mishra did kind of make out like a bandit in regards to a... Powerful things yeah. named after him, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he has the workshop, the bobble, the factory. I mean, Urza has a bobble too, but Urza's bobble is less good. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Urza just kind of has some sunglasses, you know, like that's not the Ankh was way cooler, you know? Yeah. yeah. Way cooler. Yeah, my big thing is not actually even mechanical. I, I'm expecting a lot of artifacts. I'm ex- like, mm, okay, I guess I'll say I'm hoping that this is an artifact block that doesn't break magic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping this is an artifact block that doesn't throw standard into disarray. They've... Well, it'll probably be colored artifacts. So. Yeah, yeah, it's probably going to be colored artifacts. I was talking to a friend of the show, well, a few friends, but uh, one friend in particular, Alex Whiteclay, talking about how a lot of these artifacts will be colored. Um, and we were like, well, how did they become not colored in antiquities? And I was like, well, it just wore off, or like the Silex <laughs> blew it up, or something like that. But yeah. that is kind of what I'm expecting is oh, there dude, to be a lot they, of artifacts they used the thran lens that's what happened <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> extremely yeah, right. deep cut there Zing. that's pretty good there's gonna be a lot of those though so i think it's it's time it's time to flex those uh old magic muscles you know yeah all right uh I, well i uh obviously you know 
I think we're all very excited for the Brothers War. I, I can't wait to see how it turns out. And they, I'm sure they're going to hit on most of those things we just mentioned. So it's going to be an amazing set, I'm certain. Um, the only question is, like, actually, here, here's something I want to touch on briefly before we move on, because I know there are a lot of things to talk about. Um, it's so like Urza, you know, his power level is maybe appropriate for a Modern Horizons, maybe not, maybe even too powerful for that. But the Brothers War is going through standard. It's a standard legal set. So I guess there's a question of like, how are they going to do all these incredibly powerful legends justice? Like, like for example, that uh, the possibility of a Phyrexian Yawgmoth. How are they going to do them justice and get it through standard without sort of wrecking the power level? High mana costs. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Like, Urza can do a lot at six mana, you know, like Mishra could do a lot at five mana. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my guess. They could still break things. <laughs> you know, they might be like, you know what? We're going to push the razor's edge with Mishra this time around. And then Mishra gets banned in the first month like uh, Omnath <laughs> did. So who knows? But hopefully they've learned their lesson and they can just make something cool without it completely destroying <laughs> standard i would hope please please wizards but of course we got to move on there are a bunch more products to talk about um this one i'm going to gloss over very quickly uh they announced the next commander collection it's going to be commander collection black i'm just briefly going to read off the cards maybe you guys can give me some uh shooting from the hip impressions and then we'll move on to the next thing um so in Commander Collection Black, we've got Ghoulcaller Gisa, Ophiomancer, Brexian Arena, Reanimate, Toxic Deluge, Soul Ring, and Command Tower, and Liliana Heretical Healer. It also has a double-sided token. One is one half is a 2-2 zombie, and the other half is a 1-1 snake with death touch. Um, so this is uh going to be sold through local game stores and do you all have any uh quick impressions on this what what do you think about this new commander collection finally we get the ophiomancer token finally and it's beautiful yay <laughs> yes i actually haven't um, seen the token i love this i love this card list i feel it's more generally applicable to black decks than green the commander collection green was hmm. um because, like, I feel like, uh, what was her name? Uh, who was the Planeswalker they had in the green one? Fraley's. Yeah, I feel like that card is a little more narrow mm-hmm. than Liana Heretical Healer is. Like, most black decks would want that. Um, I love this card list. I love the art. I think it's a good, reasonable set. I am 100% on. And, like, putting things like Gisa and Foil for the first time is awesome. Nice. Yeah, I, I you know Toxic Deluge, easy format staple, reanimate. That's a powerful, strong card. Brexian Arena is creeping up in price. Definitely, yeah, yeah it's like twenty dollars these days. So it's it's great. I love that we're getting Ophiomancer. Uh, personally, like the token was whatever, but just getting it in the post M fifteen border. That's what I really am stoked about. Um, so yeah, it seems like a great collection, and I think we can move on to the next thing. Yeah, definitely. All right, so na- yeah, we're we're gonna be talking about some supplemental sets coming up, and at, as you mentioned, Charlotte, the first is Unfinity is a new unset. Um, the flavor of this one is they're calling it retro futuristic fun meets a space carnival. So uh, definitely like that wacky feel that we 
have come to expect out of unsets. So it's set in space. And one notable thing that they mentioned is it's going to have, uh, it's going to bring back full art basic lands. These are going to be science fiction themes. So they're going to be set like either on other planets or in outer space. Um, And they're also going to have shock lands as well, full art shock lands, which also are space themed. Um, And so that is coming in the second quarter of 2022. So actually coming up pretty soon. What are your expectations for this new unset? Well, I don't think there'll be contraptions in this one. Mm-hmm. Contraptions are cool, but I feel like they tapped the well of what they can do. In the first set, I'm expecting that it'll be an excellent draft format the way that uh, Unhinged was. Mm-hmm. Or not Unhinged. Uh, Unstable? No, Unstable, yes, sorry. My grade went the wrong direction on that. Yeah, <laughs> Unstable was like one of my favorite draft formats in years. And so I'm hoping that Infinity will be the same. I, I have no reason to not think it won't. Um, I just, I love the flavor of it. It's, it seems like a great idea. And I think we'll see more previews into Magic's future the way we did with uh, Unstable. Mm-hmm. Right? That's great. I, I'm personally expecting, and, and I guess this is like so almost certain to happen that it's not, it's barely even a prediction the the full art lands we've seen in all the previous unsets are they they don't take on the the wacky character of the sets they're in they're just like tend to be just you know beautiful panoramas i think almost all of them all of them have been done by john avon yeah so i i think that they're going to continue that tradition with these new space lands the the, the spacex as they're calling the basics <laughs> um that they're going to be sober not specific to this set's flavor and i think sort of the intent behind these in addition to just being like oh here's some nice new full art lands for you um is as they're expanding into other genres with say universes beyond with say the 40k uh crossover which we're going to detail a little bit more in a bit um i think they want to give people the opportunity to uh choose full art basics that match whatever genre magic goes to so Unfinity is going to give people their their sci-fi basic lands that can then, oh, these are perfect. I'll get a whole bunch of these and then put them in my alongside my Warhammer 40k cards, which again we'll touch on more later. Yeah. Oh, uh, just to clarify, the unhinged and unstable basics were John Avon. The unglued ones were five different artists. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right, thanks nice. for the clarity. Zach, do you have any expectations for this? Yeah, so I mean, I, I feel like my expectations are kind of a cop out because one of the things about unsets is that they push boundaries. So, like the the only thing I'm really expecting from this is that kind of like Charlotte just said again, like the unsets show like a future of magic. I'm expecting things that we see in Unfinity to come out in some form in Black Border in the years following. Mm-hmm. like I, i'm so glad unstable sold as well as it did because we can get more of these because they've been such like a boon to magic overall and magic design overall and so many of the things that we've seen in unsets um have kind of bled their way into black border in ways that either make more sense or that are just really fun because they're able to like test them so to speak in these like silver bordered ways with like wackier text lines and things like that so i'm i'm expecting like a bunch of legendary creatures like last time and i'm uh expecting them to give us something completely new so that's that's why it's kind of a cop out is like i i don't think we're going to get mechanics like the old unsets other than like some dice rolling maybe 
I think it's going to be new things that we're going to see in this one. It's it's not going to be like figure out what the mox in a box does. It's going to be like some other roll a die for the space wheel thing, you know, like just it, something we haven't seen. Is well, is dice rolling even silver bordered anymore though? Like is that is that true. wild <laughs> enough for for an unset? I think they're, yeah. they're going to have to go real crazy with this one, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's I guess that's actually kind of my point is that like We've seen like what unsets were in the past and we've seen like where they like mutate and dice rolling in the Forgotten Realms and stuff like that. Like my expectations are that it's going to be things that I didn't expect, Mm -hmm. you know, like just something that I'm like, oh, wow. okay, sure. Yeah, I'd like to see more of one of my favorite things in Unstable was the whole mechanic that the... uh, goblins had with the roll two dice and then do stuff equal to the difference sort of thing oh that was cool yeah i like that stuff so i think they could take the dice rolling in that sort of direction Mm -hmm. yeah i agree okay moving on uh what are the the hopes that you all have for this set i would like there to be like now that we've had now that we're on our fourth unset plus a supplemental release i would like either Wizards or the RC to announce an official, like, un-commander format. Okay. Like, because, yeah. you know, I mean, that's really the only place that these sorts of cards could be played, right? Like, other than limited. Interesting. Cubes all. Yeah, can cubes too. But... Cards, yeah. Uh, I, I'll go, like, a slightly different direction and build off of that a little bit. Uh, I'll, I'll hope that silver-bordered commanders be allowed in commander uh, although i'm sure you can detail some of the the barriers keep that keeping that from happening uh is it mostly like a a rules issue or um just like a note not really a desire for it not really a desire for it it's you know it's an opt-in sort of thing basically mm-hmm. right like the whole thing is that it's a thing you can discuss with your play group if you want to do it sort of thing it's not the thing that they want at the baseline okay rc wise Mm-hmm. yeah i mean uh, yeah i have one other thing i hope for mm-hmm. yeah um i hope that they continue to reduce the number of cards that make you do like physical stuff with the cards mm-hmm. because again like magic is a game played by people of all sorts of ability levels and you know having cards that you need to hold above the table or like only handle in certain ways or you know what was that mm-hmm. mantis that you like chuck across the table sort of thing oh yeah, oh, yeah. slaying mantis or whatever yeah mm-hmm. i mean that sort of stuff some people just can't do those things right and mm-hmm. you know now you're taking a fun set and saying oh sorry it's not for you which is not what we want to do right yeah i think they've like kind of realized their mistakes in the past on those kind of things like yeah i, I think my guess is that we'll get like one card. It'll be like a weak uncommon, kind of like the Slaying Mantis was in the last set. That's dexterity because it's the only place they can make those cards. But I think for the most part, they've like understood. Um, like, what was the the guy where he's unblockable if you're wearing glasses or vice versa? Oh, uh, Blurry Beeble. Yeah, Blurry Beeble. Yeah. Like they kind of realized like the in in theory this card is funny and fun, but in practice it actually like 
was kind of more of a jab at people than they intended it to be. Mm-hmm. So I think they've learned their lesson on that. I'm I'm hoping they learn their lesson on that. One one thing I would like to hope for before we move on to the next thing, um, I would I would just like uh play design to to really put their their hands on this set because I think mm. like I also really loved the unstable draft format. Um, but there were some things that like snuck through that really like, you know, if, if anyone had, had play tested the set seriously, like just wouldn't have happened. And, uh, like really briefly, I'll say like sneak dispatcher is like the most unfun, card, oh, one yeah. of the most unfun cards I've ever like, I, yeah, it was not I good. could not imagine that they would print that into a, a modern set, uh, which is like two mana for a two one. So it's like whatever okay rate uh one in a blue and then two blue tap look at the top card of target players library if it has an agents of sneak water market mark watermark you may reveal it and put it into your hand otherwise put it on the top or bottom of its, of its owner's library so you could use this to like fate seal someone and this is an uncommon and you could just like control their draws for the entire game like super anti-fun for a set that's supposed to be like wild and wacky and casual Hey, um, let's let's print Jace the Mind Sculptor. Yeah, at uncommon. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, just just hoping that they they apply all their play design resources to make sure that kind of stuff doesn't. Oh, and occasionally through. I get to just steal the card. Yeah, so. yeah, <laughs> yeah. In the right matchup, exactly. Well, I mean, people played like various uncommons and stuff, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, um, but. I, th- I think we got to move on. There, there are more sets to cover. All, all right, this next set is Dungeons and Dragons: Battle for Baldur's Gate Commander Legend. So that that is a mouthful, but it's going to be basically the next in the Commander Legends line of products or series, or whatever you want to call it. Um, but it's going to be flavored in Dungeons and Dragons, uh, and I guess specifically centered around the city of Baldur's Gate. There's going to be, uh, according to, to Wizards and their announcement, it's going to bring in iconic characters, new mechanics, more flavorful spells from D&D. Uh, it's going to have more foil-etched legendary creatures. There's there's so much going on. This is also coming out in the second quarter of 2022, right? Around, I guess right around the same time that Infinity is coming out. So uh, really exciting that we're getting this so soon after The Last Commander Legends and also so soon after AFR. But I, I guess we'll talk a little bit about our expectations. Me and Zach are going to be doing the hefty, heavy lifting here. So so I'm not super deep into D&D lore or like Forgotten Realms lore. I don't know all the characters. I, I have played D&D, but most of what I do like doesn't really rely on like existing modules or characters. But one thing that happened is that as AFR was released, everyone was asking, where is Elminster? Elminster is like uh, an important character in the lore of the Forgotten Realms. And it was the kind of thing like if there was only going to be one set in the Forgotten Realms, you'd think he would be there. But apparently the reason he wasn't there is because they I I assume that they were saving him for this set and that pretty much every beat that they didn't that they they missed in AFR is going to show up here. So that's kind of what I'm expecting. Zach, do you have any expectations on this one? So in particular with Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate is like a particular setting within like the D&D like canon that just has a ton of characters and a big reason for that is because there's been multiple video games here mm-hmm. um there's been multiple modules set up here there's been novels that have been set at Baldur's Gate 
there's a lot of like history outside of just pure D and D uh, and like various systems outside of just the tabletop game that people have experienced Baldur's Gate from. Uh, I mean, there's video games that people can think of probably off the top of their head that a lot of listeners might have already played. So there's a lot of characters, there's a lot of legends that uh, could possibly appear in something like this. And it makes sense that Commander Legends is going to continue on much like a conspiracy or, gosh, what's another battle bond type set you know where we're gonna get i would assume in the future we'll get like blank battle bond blank or like conspiracy blank and so now we're just gonna get commander legends blank and this one is going to be dungeons and dragons thing it's gonna be the spoilers gate so my expectations are just like a ton of legends and and i don't know if i can be the one to mention this because i've seen both of you talking about this and both of you had notes on this is the no partners so like Baldur's gate makes a lot of sense for a place where they could do a commander's legends where they could do a commander legends draft with no partners and i wonder i want to know like what you're both thinking about that uh well how how you both feel about it yeah charlotte i'll let i'll let you take this one i would be very happy to see a solution to a commander draft without partners because again like the math is just getting overwhelming every additional partner you add at this point every additional like free partner not partner with that you add at this point is just more and more likely to find some combination that's going to break the game right yeah Mm -hmm. currently at this point if they added another partner it would add 57 decks to the format so just from like a I don't know, from like a format complexity level or, or maybe just like from a selfish content creator point of view, uh, it's it's super difficult to um, to just like figure out all the different combinations. And like when we spoke to Ethan Fleischer earlier this year, we, we I think partners came up in the conversation and he like he was personally worried that there were some combination of partners that they missed that was like going to be broken and going to wreck the format and and that's only going to be more difficult with time to try to catch those interactions. So I I would also love to not see partners for a very long time and certainly not in this set. Yeah, I'm definitely expecting that. Like that is an ex- expectation of mine is that this is going to be a commander draft set that does not have partner. And I know that Gavin Verhey has said that that was what made Commander Legends tick. They've done this before, kind of like with like the old border cards in a set very recent to the one where they release it. I think they knew they had like hot fire on their hands when Commander Legends came out. Mm-hmm. So they went straight into uh, this one. And I'm assuming it's going to be different enough. I'm assuming it's not going to have the partners because um, otherwise, like they could have hinted at that or something. I don't know. It's it's a. Uh, feel like we got so little information about it that that uh that might speak to what is in it mm-hmm. as well if that makes any sense sure uh either any- either that or maybe a limit more limited partner like partner with like a like a more broad partner with like you can mm. partner any of the legends from this set together but or not partner with, with humans partner yeah with or just partner with you know whatever right partner mm-hmm. with red partner with oh yeah 
Sure. Yeah. You know, part or just even again, just some sort of restriction partner with, you know, it's like some extra word, not even just necessarily partner or some variant of partner, like, you know, Baldur's Gate partner, right? You can partner this <laughs> oh, with any yeah. other creature with Baldur's Gate partner or whatever, right? Yeah, that's that, that might be a little too close to to bands with other, but I, I like the idea of partner limited to some subset so that they don't have to test everything. So yeah. that we don't you have just, to build like, just everything. Make an ecosystem in the same set, or yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Th- that's good. I I think that you know I, I never liked partner with, but um, you know partner with red or partner with human. Those sound like great ideas. So yeah, yeah. that sounds sounds a lot easier to to execute process. On yeah. yeah. All right. What other hopes do you guys have for this set? Um. I know that with the volume of magic they're printing now, you know, it's more and more being the thing like, you know, not, not every product has to be for you, but I feel like there's a reasonable swath of commander players who aren't into D and D and as a product branded specifically for commander, but also for D and D I'm hoping that there's enough stuff for those players in the set. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like I hope that there's enough, you know, interesting new cards that aren't, you know, look at this person sort of thing Mm -hmm. that are like mechanically interesting and can, you know, create interesting decks or go into existing decks and be interesting good cards that aren't necessarily going to, you know, require you to be, oh yeah, my, this is my D and D deck sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I don't know if it's just me, but this seems like the perfect place to reprint Dockside Extortionist. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, that's a yeah. good call. It is a port like, city, is it not? It's a port city. There are goblins. There are pirates. Perfect. You can print yeah. a red goblin pirate. Like, yeah, you hit, and it's a commander oh, set. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. hit all the nails on the head. <laughs> right, like this. See, like if they don't reprint it here, I don't know where. Right, like, and I think mm-hmm. honestly, with the price point, they want it in a in a non like fixed product sort of thing right yeah great point uh, my last hope that the last thing i want to touch on is i kind of hope they they change the rules of the draft format a little bit it currently in commander legends the the starting life total is 40 and with draft decks you, you know when you build a commander deck you can put in some like big haymakers that can close out the game but if you're just drafting it it's way harder to make sure that happens and for me, I thought that the games ran a bit long and especially like given that it's that you're drafting beforehand so, and it's a longer than average draft because you've you got these 20 card packs or, or my experience was in the drafts that I did, like there was not a lot of energy to play more than one game and it felt like you just weren't getting as much fun and value out of your draft as you might from like an, a standard legal set where you're definitely going to play three games. So I, I think that maybe dropping the life total a little bit would potentially like speed things up a little bit and, and make it so that your your draft deck can uh, get through your opponent's life totals a little bit more easily. But that, that's kind of what I'm hoping for out of the set. My, mine's a lot more nebulous. It's just like Commander Legends was obviously a very fun set and I did end up playing a lot more of it than I thought I would because of the pandemic that was going on. So I'm really hoping that this time around I'll be able to like enjoy it in the settings it was meant to be in. And I'm hoping that a lot of those things that you're talking about there also get mitigated by that. Because like when you're playing with friends, it's fun to hang out, it's fun to play games. But 
when there's no prizes, it's kind of just like morale. And uh-huh. so, yeah, if, if life totals are too high, if things kind of break down too quickly, yeah, that kind of ruins the draft experience, you know, like eventually people just want to do something else. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that would also, I'm, I'm just mostly going to echo what you said, because I, I'm really hoping that that the draft experience is more appropriate and that we don't get a whole breacher. That's what yeah. I'm hoping for. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, moving on to uh, the next couple products, I'm going to these, these are largely reprint sets. So I'm just going to breeze through these and then we'll get to yeah. some more good stuff. Um, so there's going to be Double Masters 2022 coming out in the third quarter of that year. And it's going to be a lot of what you saw in the, the first Double Masters. Um, there, There's going to be two rare or mythics in each draft booster. There's also going to be two foils in each draft booster. And supposedly the, the draft focus this time around is going to be multicolor. I've seen a couple images so far. It looks like Aminatu is in the set. But other than that, we don't have a lot of information. And it is a reprint product, so I, I don't want to spend too much time on it. Any quick thoughts on this before we move on to the next thing? I would like them to increase the general value of the reprints in the set because Double Masters with the price of the boosters was very much like a lottery if you were just buying individual boosters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even I mean, more so than normal that. boosters, right? Because you'd spend like over ten you know, over ten dollars for a booster, and then you could get like two dollars worth of cards in it, right? Like yeah. Even with your two foils and your two rares, right? There was a lot of chaff at rare and mythic. And and again, I know for like limited balance, et cetera, but like for a product like this, where it's all about, you know, more the bling than the play, I would hope that they are willing to put a bit more oomph into that rare slot so that people are at least satisfied with the money they spend. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was more or less what I was going to say. The, the My only extra note would be that the last time we had Double Masters, there was a lot of artifacts. And I'm wondering <laughs> if they're going to continue that trend. I, I think that they specifically were designing an artifact-heavy limited environment last time. So I'm th- this time, I expect not. Like I assume that multicolor is just going to be you know the thing more of a thing yeah 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 all right moving on to the next product this is jumpstart 2022 um so there's going to be another jumpstart release there's going to be 46 different themes um there's also going to be a a new booster fun card treatment um in each pack there's a or rather like booster fun card treatment going on there's a new to magic card in each pack so there's going to be at least 46 new cards coming. Um, there's they, they have spoiled two of the themes so far. They said that, that there's going to be an Eldrazi pack and a multi-headed creatures pack. What are your expectations for Jumpstart 2022? Uh, what, what do you think we're going to see in this? Uh, I don't think we're going to see too many overlaps theme-wise with uh, jumps, the first Jumpstart set. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to do new things. I mean, some some of the some of the big hitters will probably be back, but like you know, I hope it's all new new themes so that they can put out some more niche things, right? Like for people. Yeah, definitely. I, that's my one hope. My hope, I guess, for this set is that it basically mirrors the first jumpstart. I think the jump first jumpstart did such a good job 
if it had gotten printed and shipped and you know like uh, if it had been uh as intended distributed into the world it would have done such a good job at what it was doing in any other year yeah yeah exactly that i'm really hoping that 2022 jumpstart is going to just almost literally fall in those footsteps i just want like similar types of packs i want similar like reprint distribution and like reprint like equity i want uh the new cards to be really similar i I just want them to do it again that's that's what i'm hoping for Mm -hmm. do it again with people actually able to you know play it this time yeah once more with feeling yeah uh, I'm hoping that we don't see any like variants of the themes because last time mm-hmm. I'm not sure how many themes there were, but essentially there were uh, between like variants of, of each thing. There were, you know, multiple uh, like lesion or whatever, just like with slightly different contents yeah, or like and the, four different minion packs. Exactly. Uh, and, and the problem with that is um, when you do that, you make it so that the 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 like mythic the one in 121 packs are just like ultra rare super hard to get um and that does like really mess up things to the prices of some of these cards um so i would just love if there were okay you say there's 46 themes then tell me there that i have a one in 46 chance of getting any uh given card rather than like a one in 121 chance of getting this Phyrexian swamp or whatever um i think that would just be like control the prices and make it a lot more uh, affordable and easier to acquire things one expectation i have is i i'm expecting that among the new to magic cards we're gonna get a relatively high percentage of legendary creatures uh, i think that this is like the perfect product to print legendary creatures for themes that are like too hard to to make happen in volume and like other sets um you know it doesn't matter if you you can't get a whole bunch of like morph creatures or or energy cards into a standard legal set you can just have like this energy jumpstart pack and like oh and there's your energy commander you're welcome so that's that's kind of what i'm hoping that uh, to see more of in this new jumpstart uh any other hopes or expectations for jumpstart 2022 i would hope that they can reprint some of the like higher end chase cards from the first jumpstart set, like, you know, your Allosaurus Shepherd, your uh, Muxus, your... Ruback, um, Tiny Bones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, Allosaurus Shepherd might be hard if you're not doing an elf pack, but that seems like something they're going to do anyway, so... Yeah, but they just got to get more of those cards into existence. It's like, what, pushing $90 at the moment? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. On the other hand, those might be reasonable cards to, like, reprint in, like, Double Masters. Sure. So, yeah, that was actually I mean, another thought I had when we were talking double masters. Like, if they don't print Dockside in uh, Baldur's Gate, then please put it in double masters. Please. You know, what? I'll just say, why not both? Just, just yeah, into the sure. ground. If you're if you're doing a bat, if you like are introducing staples into Commander Pregons, which like is guaranteed to just balloon their price, do everything you can to fix that mistake you made. But yeah. Anyway. Oh, also, like, Commander Legends, please reprint the free Commander spells from... Oh, yeah. C, was it 9... Uh, C20. 20. Yeah. 20, yeah. yeah. Please reprint those, please. Yeah. They can't really put them in Jumpstart, so please put them in the Commander set. <laughs> For yeah, sure. Exactly. Uh, all right, we have got to move on to this, this last category of products that are coming. 
in 2022 and I guess beyond that. Um, but we are going to be talking about universes beyond. These are the crossover products that are coming in the near future. Um, there were two that we knew about for a little while, and then they've got a couple more that were announced with this this big uh, uh, showcase. But the the first thing we're going to be talking about today is Warhammer 40k. Um, we we've gotten some more concrete details on this. It is going to be uh, four commander precons set in the world of Warhammer 40k. There's going to be new art, new cards, uh, as well as reprints and. Uh, they're going to be available later in 2022. Unlike most of the other things we covered today, they don't have a specific quarter. Um, but let's talk expectations. What do you think is is guaranteed to happen? And then we'll talk about hopes after that. Well, I mean, obviously there's going to be a Space Marine deck, if not if not a couple of Space Marine decks. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there'll be... I think there's a lot of different Space Marine factions, so I don't know if they would do a specific space marine chapter for a deck or not i mean the picture the picture we've seen has an ultramarine mm-hmm. in it but like i would think that hopefully they'd maybe just do like one deck is space marines one deck is chaos space marines and then a couple of the decks are different xenos or something mm-hmm. but if i don't say honestly, if i don't get to scream <laughs> then. <laughs> Then I don't want it. Yeah. yeah. I want my orcs. orcs. I want my orcs. I want my space orcs, please. Oh, okay, we'll we'll get to hopes in a second. Um <laughs> so so my expectations are I, I agree with you, Charlotte. I think that we're gonna see like probably one deck per faction for whatever four factions they choose. Um and I'm actually expecting that based on what we saw in the Adventures in the Forgotten Realms precons. I think they're going to be using D6s on some of yes. these new cards. Um, but will it be handfuls of D6s? Well, well good question. Um, <laughs> but uh, because like Adventures in the Forgotten Realms was targeted at D&D players, there was kind of this assumption that they would have like, you know, D4s and D8s and D12s. And um, so uh, basically, I think that going forward in these universes beyond products, that if they know, if they're targeting like players of another game and they know that those players are going to have access to some sort of game piece that may not typically be in a magic uh, set that they're going to pull that in. And so if, if you're targeting, uh, if you're targeting Warhammer 40 K players, they are going to have tons of D sixes. And I think you would definitely make use of that in your design. So I, I'm expecting we'll see some dice rolling uh, in this set because D sixes are uh, again, I, I haven't played Warhammer, but I understand D6s are important somehow. What are, what is, oh, actually, Zach, do you have any expectations for this set before we move on to our hopes? Oh, my expectations are, um, I mean, I'm I'm expecting kind of like you said, the factions. I'm expecting Tyranids. They've gotten more popular over the years. Space Marines, I think, were a given. So, yeah, that's it. Not really too much to add there. Okay. Uh, How about hopes? Charlotte, what are your hopes for this set? My my stuff all sort of ties into one sort of general note. I hope that they keep the flavor, like the general, like obviously it's going to be Warhammer, but I hope that they keep like the sort of feel of like the gameplay to be magic sort of appropriate, right? Uh-huh. Not be like ultra violent and not 
have like the tones of like fascism and stuff. You don't want the grimdark? No. (laughs) And to maybe have a bit more human diversity than we normally see in the Warhammer world. Like, I would hope that there are some Sisters of Battle cards in the Space Marine deck, for example, and, you know, some darker skin tones and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah, actually is, I think, really reasonable. I think that is one of the things that's scariest about bringing 40k into magic is the uh the fascism yeah you know so let's, let's not do a space fascism please yeah <laughs> so i i mean there's a lot of cool flavorful things going on and i hope we focus on those and not so much uh, i hope it still feels like magic that's that's really what i'll say <laughs> and that i can scream wog really loud yeah definitely uh i've got a couple hopes for this product um i one thing I'm sort of looking for is the opportunities for like backwards compatibility and to print things that like make sense for a 40k product, but can also sort of uh, work well with existing magic cards. So for example, you know, orcs are a faction in Warhammer 40k. It would, if they had, for example, like an orc tribal commander that it would be backwards compatible with all the existing orcs in magic that would, you know, potentially add a new archetype to commander but orcs with a C as well as orcs with a K. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that would be fantastic. Similarly, like Necrons, uh, I spoke to uh, a Warhammer 40 K player. They mentioned like Necrons had been pushed a lot recently out from games of workshop. That's like a product that they're, they're pushing a lot of, but, um, my understanding of the flavor of nec- of necrons is that they're basically constructs uh and and so like uh if necrons get typed as constructs then that adds a lot to like some of the few construct tribal cards we've seen in the past it could also like work well with you know artifact creature synergies um so i, I think there's good opportunities to like add a lot to magic as a whole through this product in a way that would not break the spirit of these these things and not like raise the eyebrows of the the 40k players that it's kind of courting and then i'll also say i i kind of hope tyranids would be in this set i don't even know what they'd type them as even if they type them as tyranids uh they're, they're just super cool and that i would be stoked for that yeah so yeah the, can i can i actually talk about this i'll, I'll introduce this next one is that Go for okay? it yeah so there is uh, this is actually very far off. This is in 2023. We are getting a Universes Beyond the Lord of the Rings Tales of Middle Earth set. So not not decks, not commander decks, not like like blister packs or anything like a full on draftable set of Lord of the Rings. And uh, there's a lot about that that we could talk about i don't know how much <laughs> we're gonna get to today but th- who who wants to go first how, how does everyone feel about it uh i'll just add one little bit of information in addition to being a set uh they are blowing it out with uh four commander decks and uh secret layer drops as well and mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. the really crazy thing is uh not only is this going to be a paper release it's also coming to magic online it's also coming to mdg arena these cards are going to be legal in historic. They're going to be legal in modern. Uh, so this is uh, a really major release. They're putting a lot of um, of spotlight on this. But but sorry, uh, if anyone has any more thoughts, please jump in. I I feel like considering how much they're putting into this and how 
good of a fit, the flavor of Lord of the Rings as sort of traditional high fantasy is with magic. Mm -hmm. I feel like this isn't going to be the only Middle Earth set ever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I feel like if they leave room, like they're not going to be able to cover everything. And Middle Earth is like a big, huge, there's so much lore, right? So much. You know, there's what, like five books of lore plus. Um, So I think that assuming this is successful and assuming that they can keep the licensing going well with, you know, uh, whoever the rights holders are, is it Iron Crown still or do they, or they, is it something else? Whatever. Tolkien Estate, whoever, the rights holders. Let's just say the rights holders. Okay. As long as they can keep it going, I don't think this is going to be the only Middle Earth Lord of the Rings sort of set ever. I could see them doing a Hobbit set. I mm-hmm. could see them doing, you know, a Silmarillion set. Sure. I could see them doing, you know, other sets or decks or whatever, right? Like, unless, assuming they don't blow their load completely mm-hmm. on this, I think there's there's a pretty bright future for Middle-Earth and Magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's one of the, I mean, people mentioned this before, like, when Richard Garfield was coming up with a lot of the card designs, and, and to be fair, like, Alpha was a lot of Richard Garfield, but was a lot of people. Like, there's a lot of people that had their hands in that set. Like, high fantasy and Middle Earth and stuff like that was a big part of it. So I think this is, in a lot of ways, like, kind of a return to this kind of high fantasy setting, except now we can specifically call out these characters and things that, like, inspired a lot of magic. So Mm. I think that's a really cool thing. So basically, I'm just expecting, like, really resonant tropes about these characters. Mm -hmm. Okay. There definitely should is going to be a card called "You Shall Not Pass" or something. Oh like. yeah, oh man, <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> uh, looking forward to that. There, there's so many. Although it is worth noting um, that for some of the some of the like dialogue lines or like minor characters in the movies, they might not all show up. These are um, they, they've made it pretty clear that this Lord of the Rings interpretation is based off of the books rather than yeah. the movies. So I, I don't know if uh, we're going to see that orc that says meets back on the menu, unfortunately. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure you shall not pass was in the book. Oh, yeah, so. of course. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of, I'm hoping that they don't make them look like the movie actors. Um, but looking at this Gandalf art, I'm pretty sure that that's not going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. This is a perfect set for sagas because there's so much Middle Earth history. And like, there's a whole elvish language in script, so they'd be silly to not do showcases or a secret layer or something. With that, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. So those are my those are my expectations for it. Okay, my main expectation is I think we're going to see uh, a relatively low power level coming out of this set. And I know I've heard some people saying like, "Oh, it's uh, modern legal, so they're going to like target it to be." at that power level mm, i don't think that's what's going on because like you know universes beyond they they've as they've like talked about it and announced it and given more information it seems like the intent is to make it like mostly opt in and based on what we saw in the uh walking dead secret layer like none of those cards uh are are really like having exactly they're not having a huge impact in eternal formats and despite that, and despite like not being ultra powerful, like the secret layer walking dead was an enormous success. It was the best selling secret layer by a long shot. Um, 
and AFR is kind of like reinforcing that they did not push the power level of the set, but it, uh, Mark Rosarder said it's like on track to be one of the best selling sets of all time. Uh, clearly, if you're going for another audience outside of Magic, if you're making it to appeal to other people, like you can be successful without pushing power level. And and also, like it's just gonna really annoy a lot of players if you make like something like on the Ragavan power level or something on the the Urza Saga power level in a supplemental product. And it's like, well, it's not really opt in you know i it, like you're forcing me to play with this card by putting it at that power level and then there's um, also the ability to reprint things that are flavored with other ips right like yeah yeah if a card point. becomes a modern thing you know if the card becomes a four of in like you know four different modern decks and oh all of a sudden we don't have the rights anymore you know i mean i guess they can do the ikoria thing or whatever but you know, it certainly makes it difficult to, uh, you know, get the cards into the hands of the players. Sure, right? which yeah. Is, which they keep saying is a priority. So, yeah, you, so, you're oh. actually bringing up a point I want to talk about later. So, I want to bookmark something you just said there. Okay, about I'll, reprints. Sure, I'll, I'll say one last thing, which is just that um, I think that there will be um, like cards that do powerful things. I think that they're they're definitely going to make the one ring do something amazing. Um, but I, I think like sort of as you mentioned earlier, Charlotte, the way they're going to balance these kinds of things is just by pumping up the mana cost and like, yeah, the one ring is super cool, but you're, you're paying like six, seven, eight mana for it. So it's mm -hmm. not going to show up on a lot of modern tables or it's going to have a downside or, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and Zach, do you have any expectations or anything you want to touch on before we move on to our hopes for the set? No, I'm actually going to go straight into hopes because my expectations are that it'll be like pretty resonant tropes about these characters. Mm -hmm. Like you'll look at Frodo and you'll go like, oh, yeah, of course. Or you'll look at Gandalf and be like, ah, oh, haha, that's so funny. But my hope is kind of just uh, one of your expectations said differently that when they do do these tropes that they are not pushed. And I'm I'm not going to reiterate that too much. You did a good job of explaining that. But I like you said, I, I really do hope that they realize that it, I don't want them to force people into making them play with uh these cards especially in formats that are competitive and uh i guess there's a lot to say about competitive magic right now that's not this podcast in particular mm -hmm. but i just mm -hmm. would really hope that they um are wise about their decisions yep mm -hmm. okay uh charlotte do you have any hopes for the lord of the rings set well i already talked about the characters not looking like the movie actors I mean, I put a joke that, you know, there should be a card that's like a treatise about pipe weed, but, you know, sure. <laughs> I mean, it's just, but they really should reference like all the deep lore that Tolkien did. And, you know, mm. there'll probably be like flavor nods to that. I don't know. It's just, I mean, as long, I just hope it's very, very true to the books and like, isn't cutting any corners. Cause I mean, this is for the fans of Lord of the Rings and Middle Earth. So ideally they'll be about as true as they can be my one hope though is that they do find some way like i said with warhammer to you know up sort of the diversity to mm. it well there's there's a lot of diversity there's certainly a lot of brown people uh getting killed by the hero <laughs> yeah that's sort of a problem, though. <laughs> yeah um yeah. 
One thing that I'm kind of annoyed that I'm kind of annoyed by is that once this sets out, we'll have Kithkin, halflings, and hobbits, and they're they're not the same creature type. Oh, I'm I'm fairly certain they're going to use halflings. Like like halfling is in the text, uh, so I think they'll use halflings for all the the hobbits. Um, mm. I I do agree. It is a little weird that we have like half, halfling and Kithkins, but I'm not expecting. Uh, a hobbit on type lines. I don't see why they wouldn't though, but yeah, we'll see. I'm not actually sure where I sit on that. I'm a kind of on the airing on the side of hobbit on the type. Yeah. Line, I, but... I would prefer to see, I think the fans would prefer to see hobbit. Okay. Right? Because halfling is in universe more of an insult, isn't it? Or uh, like more of a technical sort of term. I can't remember, honestly, we will. Okay. I mean, maybe, Maybe it is a. It could be I don't a know. slur. Um, I'll Pe- tell you what. People let- out there that are into the deep Lord of the Rings lore, please let us know. <laughs> we'll all meet back here in two years to yeah. settle. <laughs> yeah, settle the score. Last one. Uh, sure. There's sure. a lot to say, but also so little to say at the same time, um, because there are two secret layers coming out in 2022. They are secret layer Fortnite and Secret Lair Street Fighter. They differ in some ways. So Fortnite will feature special Secret Lair drops, two of them, but they're purely reprints just with like Fortnite skins, I'm assuming, something like that. They, mm-hmm. they said that they're not going to be new to Magic cards, where the Street Fighter drop is going to have new to Magic cards. So Street Fighter turns 35 in 2022, and they are going to print uh, well, we ca- they kind of alluded to them this year, but new magic cards that we got uh, shown the art for a Chun Li, and we were told that she has multi kicker. Of course, um, yeah. of course. <laughs> so, and and something the reason why we kind of knew something like this was coming was because they mentioned like, hey, when we do secret layers with new to magic cards in them in the future, we will then six months later include the card on the list with a magic skin. So like you're not going to open the list and open up a Chun Li, but you'll open up like some other character. Lee Chun. Lee Chun. Power the, kicker. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which will have like a magic theme to it. So that's mm-hmm. incredibly interesting. It's a weird fix in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll say that like I'm totally fine with the Street Fighter and I think most players are, you know, I I think Street Fighter has had card game interpretations in the past. I think it wouldn't be too hard to like make something within the magic system that feels appropriate. It feels like you're you're doing the the thing. So I and I, I'm totally okay with this. I think that Fortnite. I, I'm glad that they chose to do reprints with that because I don't think like a shooting game would quite translate as well to magic in terms of mechanics I, and and also i just think that like i don't know does does anyone have like a, an eloquent way to explain their reluctance to like have this this crossover between fortnite and secret layer because i definitely am having like an emotional response about it and having trouble <laughs> uh like elaborating exactly what that is the magic community hue is a lot older than the fortnite community sure Right, like the player bases don't have a ton of overlap, but like this is probably really cool for younger Magic players, or you know, yeah, or younger actually, Magic players who have parents who will buy this for them, sort of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, that that's actually so something I was going to mention is so Vorthos Mike on Twitter 
does a lot of cool stuff with like the artists in the magic community and and just is a good person had a tweet called why Fortnite," and it shows age demographics of people who play Fortnite. so 63 about percent of people who play Fortnite are aged 18 to 24 mm-hmm. the gender demographics are like overwhelmingly like male it's like 72 percent people that identify as male and Fortnite has just exploded in popularity over the years it went from 20 million players in 2017 to 350 million players in 2021 which is like that's just a massive (laughs) increase insane um and there's 80 million active players in any given month which is huge so this is definitely like i can see why they're doing this there it is definitely a thing for like a crossover pick up some of those those younger players, maybe get them interested. I just think a secret layer is a weird way to do that. Like I would have expected like Fortnite universes beyond that you'd pick up in like a Target or a Walmart yeah. or something like that. You know, Yeah, just like a set box. I mean, mm-hmm. still like a secret layer type, you know, set yeah. product. But like, yeah, in Target, in Walmart. Something where like an 18-year-old will walk in and see it. Yeah. Also, I wasn't. I was surprised to see. I thought Fortnite's players skewed skewed a lot younger than that. I thought they were like mm. younger teens and not twenty somethings. But I don't know. I'm just getting old, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I think maybe the my reaction is like is is maybe it's something to do with audience. I don't know if the secret layer Fortnite is going to be super successful because, like, with uh, you know, with uh lord of the rings for example you know it's as as you mentioned earlier zach it is like pure fantasy property it's like so closely aligned with what magic is doing on a flavorful level there's been other lord of the rings card games so like clearly there's an audience for a card game interpretation of this property um it it just makes a lot of sense uh warhammer 40k i think there's a lot of overlap between like the people who are doing these like tactical model-based games and other types of 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 strategic games i think that it makes sense to try to pull in that audience sure and and even like street fighter as i mentioned it's had card game interpretations in the past there is some sort of market for um for like pulling in the flavor and and bringing those people to a card game but I i just don't know if like Fortnite, yeah there's it's like a huge target audience but I don't know. No one's no one's tried to do it before. I also don't know if like people are going to be super excited about just skins on existing cards rather than like literal interpretations of the thing they know from their game. Yeah. Um, I mean, also, it's, you know, two different media like it's a compute. It's a, you know, a, a fast paced game shooting game thing yeah. like if the if the Fortnite thing was like an arena thing. I mean, there better be an arena code. Mm-hmm. For the cards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because otherwise they're missing out on a huge opportunity there. But um, yeah, I don't know. It just it it feels weird. It feels the most cash grabby of any secret layer so far. Mm-hmm. It does. I, I, and it I feels like that. an audience mis- mismatch. But like, I think that's but again, it's very much the definition of not for me and more power to the people who want it. Right. Like, mm-hmm. OK, You're, you, that's a that's a great way to put it. Um. I think that, that again, this does feel very commercial, but 
if it's successful, if it leads them to take like bigger swings that would appeal to someone like me, uh, then go for it. Like if, if this leads to, you know, something I would be super into, I don't know, like, uh, maybe like a horror themed, uh, property or something like that, then that would be super cool. Um, any any other thoughts on like the street fighter or Fortnite? There's one last thing I want to mention related to secret layers, um, and, and Um, universes beyond. I'm super pumped on the street fighter, um, thing like the street fighter is a very cool property and i feel like it has more overlap with the older magic demographic mm-hmm. right yeah that actually is exactly what i was going to say too is um, that it feels a lot more appropriate yeah i feel like the the contents will probably hew more heavily towards like the more classic street fighter cast like the street fighter 2 style cast that more people mm-hmm. are familiar with sure um it'll be mostly creatures but there probably will be some like spells that represent like classic moves like if there's not a mention of hadoken somewhere in there they're completely <laughs> sure. missing out uh one other thought i did have is it would to me it would feel really weird to see a street fighter card in a normal magic frame Mm-hmm. So I feel that they'll probably either be borderless or some sort of cool specific frame for them, right? Yeah, that would be cool. Just because yeah. to me, the idea of Chun-Li in a normal magic frame, just that would be very jarring to me personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've already said they're going to have the, a, a different, at least hollow foil. So I think some of the frame is going to be different for these. Yeah. Um, and then I just want to clarify what I mean by appropriate. And it's kind of what you were saying about the demographic where Fortnite people skew younger people who are younger, who don't play magic might not have large expendable incomes. Street fighter has been around for a really long time. There's a lot of people who play magic who really love street fighter and fighting games. And it just seems like the type of IP that people who are older and might have the ability to buy secret layers would be more inclined to do. So that, yeah. that's the last thing I'm going to say. It's just kind of a little bit of clarification there. Yeah. Okay. But again, nothing against the Fortnite thing. Like, mm-hmm. if yeah. that's your jam, cool. Go for it. Have fun. Yeah, exactly. I mean, as long as it's not, you know, desperately needed reprints that they're not going to put elsewhere because of this, you know. I know. Yeah, that's, that's the, the, the fear. It's like, well, I could get this Dockside Extortionist, but it's a guy with a teddy bear head. So like, what? or like a guy doing the floss and it's like what yeah yeah all right one last thing i want to mention about universes beyond earlier this summer um on june 9th they announced a stranger things secret layer and uh we haven't really gotten any more information about it other than it's coming and i'm assuming the fact that it wasn't mentioned in the showcase 2022 means that we're probably going to get it sometime before the end of 2021. So I guess that I'm looking forward to that. And I think the way that that is executed is going to give us a lot more information on Mm. sort of where to set our expectations for future universes beyond products. Oh, Uh, can I mention one other thing that we didn't touch on? Sure, go ahead. It's a this year thing, but I am really looking forward to the Innistrad double feature special set. Oh yeah. oh yeah! Just because actually... I love the idea of like the classic movie monster style art and flavoring, and like 
that seems amazing and I hope it does really well. Yeah. Similar related note just about Innistrad. Um, I was kind of wondering if like the intention of the full art basic lands that are coming in Innistrad um, is to sort of create like horror themed full art land options for potential like um, horror crossovers. And maybe that's like reading way too much into it, but just thinking about the SpaceX from um, Unfinity is just making me wonder like how what they are doing in the base game to accommodate other properties coming in the future anyway i, th- I, th- I mean i'm sure the 40k decks will have their own basic lands mm-hmm. which will be cool but yeah but they won't be full art though That's- no not everything uh, has to be full art it it, it really does if you you know you, you wouldn't know it from looking at my decks but <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that that is all the the products that are are coming in the next year of Magic. I think it's really really exciting time to be a Magic player, and I'm really curious to hear um, like what predictions the listeners have. If there's any like if there's any expectations they have, anything that they they feel is certain to happen, or any hopes that they're having, I'm I'm curious because you know we've got a lot of time to speculate before these sets start coming out. So. Please let us know. You can definitely reach out to us. We're at Commander Theory on Twitter. That's probably the best way to reach us. Uh, and I wanted to ask you, Charlotte, if people wanted to reach out to you, how can they best reach you? Uh, best way to do that is on Twitter at Jackal Girl, which is JQL Girl. Uh, it's the easiest way to find me. I'm also on various discords, including the Commander Theory Discord. So mm-hmm. you can always shoot me a message there. Uh, yeah, that's that's it. All right, great. Well, thank you for joining us again, Charlotte. It's been great uh, getting here. Awesome. Yeah, it's been really fun talking about this new product lineup, hearing all your yeah. thoughts on this. Uh, a lot of cool ideas. And uh, honestly, I was excited before we started recording and then I saw your ideas, heard your ideas. Uh, now I'm even more pumped for these new sets. So thank you again for coming on the show. Yeah, it's good times. Yeah. yeah. Well, with that, I think we're going to wrap it up. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be out with more episodes soon. Bye. Yeah. If any of you theorists want to get in touch with us, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr, and Zach is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check him out on SoundCloud. Until next time, we're going back to the drawing board. <laughs> <laughs>